each all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you happy this morning? Amen. Amen. Without waste of time, let us turn our Bibles to Matthew 6. The chapter will be... Uh, it's good to see Sister Sharon. God bless you richly uh, from Zimbabwe. Amen. Sister Sharon Lasimo. Amen. Now, the chapter is, we can read Matthew 6, verse 26. Tell me if you found it. It says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Amen. Are you not better than they? Amen. Amen. If we can say Deuteronomy 29, that is the chapter, the verse will be 5. It, it says, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxen old upon thy foot. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this morning for having made it possible for us to come into your presence. Dear God, you are still a good God. And you are good all the times, including this morning, dear God. And Lord, here the believers, they have come here so that they can hear your way to dear God. May you help us to be able to vividly paint a picture of who you are and what you are meant to do in their lives. So that every believer, when they walk away, they must be able to look back and say, indeed, God is alive. Because, Lord, we do not want to serve God on historical terms, but we want to serve God knowing that he is the great I am, the ever-present with us, dear God. That is why we want to commit every soul to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you while you take your seats. Amen. Amen. Uh, yesterday we we attended to the homegoing uh, service of Sister uh, Retief. Amen. So it was really good to see the old timers there at the funeral. Amen. Uh, I think you all know what. Uh, Brother Velerative represents to, to us in South Africa as a message community. Hallelujah. Yeah. He, how can I put it? He's, 
he's, he's our elder. He's, he's the first, first message pastor in the country. And the woman that we were bearing uh, yesterday was the first message, uh, uh, the first pastor's wife in the message in South Africa. Am I correct? Uh, hallelujah. So those are the old veterans, and I see Brother Retif has quite aged as well, but when you look at the uh, man is judged by his works, he has done extremely well for the Lord, not only in South Africa, you can even attribute what happened in Zimbabwe to him, uh, even some other countries around, around Africa. Amen. Amen. So it was just good so that we went there just to give them a moral support. Amen. Uh, are you happy this morning? Amen. Okay. I'm just checking whether are you happy this morning. Happiness is a choice. Amen. You can decide whether you're going to be happy or not happy. And you can tell the devil that uh, I told Satan today that victory is mine. Even victory, it's a personal choice. Hallelujah. And if victory is a personal choice, even defeat is a personal choice. So you, you actually... Uh, get what you expect. Hallelujah. How many have come to church having expectations? Hallelujah. Uh, it's good to see people when they go to church, they must have an expectation. Amen. This morning, I, I was wondering what to title my message and I thought of calling it the Golden the golden age and the subtitle I just want to say God's providence the title is God's uh, the golden age the subtitle is God's providence amen and I think we are not so much immune from what is happening around us especially as long as we are still here there are certain things that do happen around us, and I think sometimes it's very proper that we, we prepare believers. Uh, when I was in Zimbabwe, they told me that during their tough, tough times, the theme for the message community was the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will make it come to pass. Hallelujah. That was the, the theme of the message community because it dawned on them during that time that the government could not help them. So they had to, to shift their attention to the supreme government which is the government of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Uh, and uh, I need to paint a picture to the believers. Uh, the worldly government is not our parent. Hallelujah. Are you here this morning, church? Uh, the worldly government is not our provider. 
Can I get an amen on that one? Uh, or are you expecting free things from the government? Maybe I'm taking a path that you didn't expect me to take. And we are not orphans. We are not orphans. And that means if I say we are not orphans, and the second thing that I want to say, we do not rely on our resources. We rely on our source, which is the Almighty God. Uh, Hallelujah. We do not rely on this economy. We rely on our economy. Hallelujah. How many believe that? Because uh, I've come to see that believers even take Zuma as their parent. He is not our parent. Hallelujah. Donald Trump is not our parent. We are the children of the most high God. Hallelujah. Our destiny is not in the hands of any politician. Our destiny is, in, is based on the word of God. Uh, are we together, folks? So what am I simply saying? Uh, uh, see, believers were very worried that the economy is becoming a junk. Our economy will never be junk. I'm not talking about the South African economy. I'm talking about the third pool ministry economy. We'll never reduce it to junk status. Are we together? And, and brothers, you need not to worry in any way. God still has jobs for his children. And if there are no jobs, he will create jobs for his children. And certain things God allows them so that we can develop a childlike faith in him. To know that he, he is our helper and no one else is our helper but the almighty God. Are we together? Now, I was checking, and, and I'll tell you why I, what, what, what the quotation where I got this statement, the golden age. Uh, the golden age is not necessarily millennium. It, it can apply to millennium, but it's not only limited to millennium. Hallelujah. Brother Brandon, actually, or maybe if I can run ahead of myself, and get it here. Brother Brenham says in the message, the Queen of the South, he says, when a gift is given to the church and the church refuses to hear that gift, then the gift becomes of none effect. Hallelujah. That means the gift of God is set up by the church. Brother Brenham would have never been effective unless the people stated the gift in the men of God. Are we together? But when the gift is given to the church and the church receives it, then it's a golden age for that church. Hallelujah. Israel was living in its golden age under Solomon. And all Israel glorified God because of this marvelous gift. And it was perfectly operating. 
they could see the result that it wasn't just something that was just a put on. It was a real gift from God. So that means the people, when they recognized the gift that God had put in Solomon, Brother Branham says it became a golden age for that people during that time. He actually says under Solomon, they never even fought the war, which the season or the age of Solomon typed the millennium. There was no blood that was spilled. But Brother Branham does not limit the golden age just to a millennium. He says if God sends a gift to a church and a church recognizes and accepts that gift, it becomes a golden age for that church. Are we together? And we'll get into, because the next question would be, which gift? And in uh, this gift, in whom it's supposed to be in? I believe that uh, in our time, the greatest gift that we have ever received was Malachi 4. Do you still believe that it was the best gift? Do you still have people that still believe in the prophet? Hallelujah. Do you still have people that believe the prophet is irreplaceable? Hallelujah. Do you still have people that believe that the prophet is still relevant? Hallelujah. So, when people recognize that, a gift of God, it becomes a golden age to them. But, I am looking at the world events. And I can't help but see that God wants to stay the nest. When an eaglet is comfortable in a nest, it can never fly. But for an eagle to know how to flip its wings, the mother eagle must come and stay the nest. And take the little eaglet up into the storms, into the mighty winds, and leave the eaglet there. And as it struggles and it comes down, the mother eagle comes, lifts up the eaglet again, takes it higher. By so doing, God is teaching the eaglet how to fly. Hallelujah. Or the mother eagle is teaching the eaglet how to fly. Are we together? I believe, for some reason, we have come, and I was reading what happened during the Great Depression when Brother Brenham was around here. Uh, if you remember very well, Brother Brenham came from an extremely poor family until such time he had to, I think, was it a dress that they converted it into, into a shirt? And it, it, it was open at the back, and he would put his coat on just to prevent so that people could not see that his back was bare. You remember? Yes. And the teacher would say to William Brenham, uh, it's very, very hot. Are you feeling cold? And said, yes, I'm feeling cold, ma'am. And says, come closer to the stove. Uh, hallelujah. So while he's feeling uh, uh, hot and he's putting a coat, now they put him next to the Hallelujah. To the stove. I can imagine they must have just multiplied the pressure on him. 
Brother Branham says it was during the Great Depression. And he said, during that time, I looked at my dad, and he could not even provide for the family. I looked at him how the old fella struggled. And I said, I'm ashamed even to say it, but my dad died a hungry man. Are we together? It was during the Great Depression. But when I went to check the survivors of the Great Depression, I picked up that they say during that time, while it looked like the world was becoming destitute or the economy was collapsing, but they say people were available for the prayer meetings. Hallelujah. And I'm simply saying, and I'm I'm not saying you need to suffer in order to worship God. You need to be predestinated to worship God. Because a predestinated city would worship God during famine and during plenty. Because the worship of a believer to God is irrespective to the conditions of the time. Are we together? But uh, on the flip side of it, I realize that uh, it is during tough times where believers' faith in God is developed. Uh, when, we, when we have the means and the resources, we tend to be reliant on ourselves. But when we run out of the resources, then we begin to turn our attention to a much higher power. Are we together? And I'm simply saying, as you can see, the world, what's taking place with Donald Trump, things that he's uttering, with Putin, things that he's up to, and even with the madness that we see in this country. Because for a lack of a better way, it's just pure madness what we see. Hallelujah. There's no better way to put it. But to me, it paints a picture that it's a home-going time. Because it tells me that the center cannot hold anymore. Even unbelievers are beginning to be jittery because of what they see. Hallelujah. And people must not worry. Uh, There's not going to be a civil war in this country. When the civil war comes, the bright will not be upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. So no one must must be jittery based on rhetorics that uh, politicians are making. They make them so that they can survive their stomachs. They, they actually don't even mean what they say. Hallelujah. It is just a day job for them. But what I'm simply saying is that for us, it signals that our redemption is near. Hallelujah. To us, it, sign- it signals that the same God that called us can still take care of us. Hallelujah. What I'm simply saying, maybe we need to backtrack and check how the wealth system was introduced and I think would use Israel as a pattern. When they left Egypt, they had no king. God was their king. When they fought battles, they had no captain. God was their captain. But after they had looked at the other nations that they had kings, they as well went to Samuel and said, look, 
we want to have a king. And Samuel was grieved that the people, while they are under the leadership of God, they want to bring themselves under the leadership of human. And I can say human leadership, devote of God's leadership, will be corrupt. I don't care whether it is in the society, I don't care whether it is in a church, but any leadership that is devout of God, at some point in time, it will abuse its power. Are we together, folks? Now, in 2 Kings, if you can read it, 2 Kings chapter 4, the verse will be verse 1. Or maybe... I didn't get the right one. Just say First Samuel. I'll get, come to that one later on. First Samuel 8, the verse 10. We'll read until verse 19. It reads in this manner, if it is found. And Samuel told all the ways of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. This is what God was telling to Samuel, what type of a king that they would have. In contrast to the kingship that they were under, which was God's kingship. This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his men, and some shall run before his chariots. He will, appoint, he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confessionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. He will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards and even the best of them and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your seeds and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. He will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep, and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. Hallelujah. God was painting a picture that uh, the king that you are going to elect, the human leadership that you are going to elect, it is going to subject you to all these things. The people, despite the warning, they said, but we want to be patent after the other nations. We have seen them when we go into war. There is a king that will go before them. We can see that there is a, a military procession that is there that is led by the king. And the people said, we as well want our king. And we know what happened to the king that the God was sold. And we know what happened after him. Hallelujah. But I'm simply saying, even the church this morning, 
must never be patterned after the world. We need not to copy our ways and our means from the world. We need to stay very true to our call. Hallelujah. As I said, we are the children of the Most High God. Now, where we are today, I'm simply saying we cannot be as worried and look as worried as the people of this world. Because why? We've got the God that can take care of us. Brother Branham says that the journey of Israel from Egypt to Canaan, it types the the spiritual journey of the church. And we just read here that for 40 days, 40 years, they were the same shoes that they had when they stepped out of Egypt. It was the same shoes that they had in the wilderness, and the shoes were never worn out. The same clothes that they wore when they went out of Egypt is the same clothes that they wore 40 years later. If you ask me whether they gained weight, I don't know. But what I know, God, for some miracle, he made sure that those clothes were still fitting. And why would the Bible go to this granular level, to this detailed level of recording this incident? God wants to show you that as I took care of them, I shall take care of you. But this, you, all you've got to be worried is that in whom do you trust? If you trust in a man, a man can never be reliable. At some point in time, a man will change. But if you trust in his unchanging hand, he will take care of you forever. Are we together, folks? Now, I, I want to say, stay with this phrase. When you recognize the gift of God, it becomes a golden age to you. Now, let's, let's go to Second Kings 4, from verse 1. Second Kings 4, verse 1, it reads in this manner. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bond men. Hallelujah. This was one of the sons of the prophets during the time of Elisha. And brothers, I want to draw your attention to that. The servant, my husband, is dead, but the creditor was knocking on the door. Leave a will, don't leave the bill. Did you catch me, brothers? Leave the will, don't leave the bill. When you leave this world, you are still responsible to your family. And that is why, while you are still breathing, make sure that you plan properly that even when your family is not there, your family don't become orphans and be subjected to the abuses that we see around here. Are we together? Can I get an amen from brothers? Hallelujah. As much as I speak about God being a provider, he provided a brain so that with our brains, we can better plan for our families. I hope it sinks in there. Amen. Verse 2. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid 
hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. It was a very difficult time for this single mother. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all of thy neighbors, and even empty vessels borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, then then that she said unto her son, Bring me a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, the man of God, just ran here just a sec. Then he came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and leave thou and thy children, and thy children of the rest. Hallelujah. Amen. While I'm at it here, I need to say something here. If we are to worship God in the manner that he wants to be worshipped, and I believe for us to be in the message, we defied the denominational system. We refused all the tenets, the tenets of the uh, denominational system, and that is why we are in the message. But the devil will lose any avenue to bring us back into bondage. If he fails spiritually, as he failed with Brother Brenham, you remember what he did the next time when he pursued Brother Brenham? He went into the finance. That's when FBI was on his case, when they were looking for him as far as the taxes were concerned. You remember? Brother Brenham, a great man of God, and I like him because he was very honest, a man that we saw him subduing demons. But he tells you that I was sleeping in the middle of the night and I dreamed about a man that was wearing black clothes and I woke up because I was scared. I realized it was that tax man. So the tax case kept Brother Brenham awake. The devil realized that I cannot capture him or cannot derail him doctrinally. I cannot derail, I cannot shake his faith. But let me mess up with his finances so that I can bring the government against him. Your finances are not independent from who you are. You cannot be a worshiper on Sunday and your finances get detached to your status as a believer. The devil is interested in anything that has to do with you so that he can derail you. Are we together, folks? And what am am I saying that? I'm simply saying we've got to beat this system folks. Brother Brenham says to brother, and this thing, some, some of you we, or some of us, we got into trouble because certain things were not preached. We were, yes, it's good to preach about rapture, but there is a way to prepare for the rapture. There are certain things, it's good to avoid sin, 
But you need to expound that what is sin, in what form does it take, so that people can be very careful that whatever comes their way, they can be able to say that that is the old David. And what I'm simply saying, uh, Brother Brenham says to Brother Ed Biscal, he says, Brother Ed, it is difficult to worship God when you are in debt. Whatever you do, try your best to stay away from debt. Why would Brother Brenham give Brother Ed Biscal such an advice? Why couldn't he just speak about the rapture and say the anointing was great in the service? Do you see how we cast out dim? Why would Brother Brenham zoom into Brother Ed Biscal's finance? He knew that if this man, this young man, that was a missionary amongst the half Indians during that time, if I cannot warn him there, the devil is going to come into that and will derail him. What I'm simply saying, folks, is that and, and today... As the, you normally say, some of you that are financial advisors, you normally say, it's, it's very shocking, and I'm going to say it for what it is because I'm, go, I'm going somewhere. We live in a world where people use a credit card to pay, to pay for another credit card, which pays for another credit card. I know it's unpopular to say that. And these things, you know why normally they say you must use this to swipe? They call it plastic money. It's because you are not conscious of how much you swipe. You just, as long as swipe, as long as it has not said declined, some people are happy. If I move from this shop to that shop to that shop to that, because we live in a world where there is instant gratification. And the danger part is that that instant gratification is even amongst believers. As we often say, we buy things to impress people that don't like us. Are we together? And as a result, before you know it, and I know what I'm talking about, and I'll share with you my own experiences. I think I was sharing with Brother Mutlab the other time he was at my house. When we were students, we had a flat in Pretoria. We had a, an outlet called Edgar's at Semimax. That outlet, we loved it. Because all they needed was just a letter that somebody has written, either a guardian or somebody, you walk in there with a student card and they open a card for you. And we went, yes, we did open accounts. Uh, when the latest, uh, the, the first cell phone came after the Motorola, uh, is it, was it Ericsson? Yes, we were there buying them. Before we knew it, one of our fleet mates the bill ballooned to 12000 But the pocket money was only 700 I, I'm asking myself, who in his mind decided to give us poor students access to credit? 
But they were clever. They realized that if they are a tertiary, if we can give them debt, by the time they go and work, they are already indebted. The devil is very clever. And, and I'm, I'm, I know you are saying, beginning to say, ah, Pastor, we came to church. We, don't, we didn't come to hear that. We want to hear the word. If you don't address that, it is going to derail you spiritually. And a lot of marriages are going on the rocks because of finances. And you know why? It's because the devil told us that we cannot talk about finances in the church. And as a result, because it's a silent area, many people will sink in that area. Are we together, folks? And I do not plan to go this route. I'm led by the Holy Spirit to go this route. And I'm not going to deny if the Holy Spirit says, I must go this route. Amen. 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 I think people like Sister Ntabisen would know a person would pay for DSTV but not have a life cover. If you bury, are you gonna be? be are we gonna put a dish over your grave? <laughs> and when brothers are dead, we pastors are the ones that must come and clean up after the mess. The wife doesn't know how much she was earning, doesn't know what investments are there. It's just a bunch of creditors that are phoning, and the man is lying in the mortuary, no planning. But goodness, he was a good dresser. And I'm, I'm similar. You young ones, you must hear me, because some of us who were in the message, we were never taught these things. Because every time when they spoke about money, pastors were saying it's a prosperity gospel. Uh, we are not preaching prosperity gospel. We are preaching a prosperous gospel. And a prosperous gospel liberates people so that they cannot fall into the snare of the devil as far as credit cards are concerned. And that's our responsibility to address that. All right. It was just by the way. Now, this woman then, she came and told the men of God and said, Go, sell the oil and pay thy debt and leave thou and thy children of the rest. Hallelujah. So this woman, the, painter, the, the picture that we have here, a brother was dead, passed away. The sister remained with the kids and there was no any provision for them. Creditors were knocking there. And brothers, I want to paint a picture. I want to paint a picture. We are living in a very evil world. We are living around amongst dirty men. And when you leave the scene and things are not orderly in your space, some of these creditors are so unscrupulous until such time that they will come and say to your wife, if you cannot pay me, find a way to pay me. Then you know that abuse is beginning right there. Amen. And you find that you lived your wife. She was a message believer. She lived an upright life. But because of your poor planning, after you are gone, you leave your family in a vulnerable state. Hallelujah. Amen. And after you are gone, predators, wolves, 
are now beginning to cycle the family because of things, your obligations that you left behind. Are we together? I hope we are together. But I'm not there. I kept on, God keeps on moving me that direction. I don't know why. But after this, then a gift of God. Well, I don't know how many single mothers are in the building. It's tough to be a single mother. And I know what I'm talking about because I was raised by a single mother. And I realized at some point in time, the obligations will be so overwhelming until she would break down because there are fees to be paid. Kids are adversity and so forth. Are we together? And that is why may God richly bless all single mothers that have raised their children in a godly way despite the challenges that they face. And we really salute them for that. Are we together? And some of you, you may not know because you are not single mothers, but it is tough being a single mother. But now, this single mother, while she, she, she had this financial pressure, then a gift of God in the form of Elisha came. And when he came, he instructed the woman what to do. And the woman was obedient to what the, what the man of God said to her. She recognized the gift of God in Elisha. And after she recognized and did what Elisha said, it became a golden age in the family of that woman. Oil never ran out. Hallelujah. Oil never ran out. Where did that oil come from? The same God that sent this man of God, he had the ability to multiply oil in the house of this woman that it never runs out. So if you are a single woman, make sure that you are trusted is in the almighty God. He takes care of the widows. He takes care of the orphans. He takes care of anyone that has confidence in him. And if you've got confidence in him, your confidence is in the right place. Are we together, folks? And the woman, as a result of that, was able to settle her debt. Are we still together? Now, let us come to this one. Brother Brenham says in the message, expectation. He says we always get what we expect. When people expect anything, well, then they usually get what you look for. If they fire the minister of finance and you believe that you are going to be retrenched, guess what? You are going to be retrenched. Because that's what you expect. But if they fire the minister of finance, you look at heaven. And you say, me, I'm the son of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is a possessor of all things. Then I tell you, nothing will happen around you that will affect you. This morning I'm simply saying, you believers, move your attention to world events. And concentrate on spiritual events. The same God that sent the prophet in the end time, that God is interested in our day-to-day activities. And I can tell you, if he provided to the spiritual bread, he will provide for the physical bread. If he took care of you spiritually, he will take care of you physically. We are not orphans. We've got the heavenly father who watches over us. Are we together? And, And I'm glad that the world economy is beginning to squeeze. 
so that you people must begin to lose your attention, move your attention to the wealthy economy and look into the heavenly economy. And I'm here to report that the heavenly economy, it has been there for eternity. It has never experienced recession, even for one day. Am I speaking to people that know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. That heavenly economy, you don't need money to access it. You need faith to access it. That heavenly economy has got the capacity to take care of your physical needs here until people, I mean, this woman who Elisha who, uh, went to, uh, there was one where he went to the, to the last meal, it was Elijah. And it says, the only thing that I have, it is this only bread and now and oil. And after we are finished. And Elijah came and said, give me the, the very last meal. Give it to me. But Elijah was a gift of God in the house of a widow. And a, a widow overlooked the wealth economy and saw the gift of God in Elijah and said, this is a man sent from God and I will do what he says I must do. It does not make sense to give my last meal to him, but obedience is better than sacrifice. And after she made the meal to them, oh goodness, I wonder if it was during our time, someone would have said, yeah, you know, men of God, they normally do like, they don't care. But that woman, faith will do, make you do things that you never thought you would do. And he, she gave it to that man. And let me tell you something, bread never ran out, oil never ran out. Where did it come from? When the woman recognized the gift of God in her, that man, it became a golden age in her family. While the world had experiencing famine, she was experiencing abundance in her household. What happened is because there was a prophet in that household. And in the end time, the world may experience famine, but there is a prophet in our household. And we have recognized that prophet and we have done what that prophet said we must do. And as a result, on those basis, oil will never run out. Bread will never run out. We will have a golden age in our families. Are we together, folks? And brothers, hear me out here. God is a great Jehovah Jireh. Every time when he wants to look at himself, you are the best mirror that he can look into and see himself. And uh, let me tell you something. God is not going to allow any disconnect between the image and himself. That means every time he comes and looks at you, he wants to see himself. And let me tell you something. This God that I'm speaking about, today I'm speaking about a God who is a Jehovah Jireh. This God has never been unemployed. And as a result, he's got every job for every brother that is there. God will grant it. How do I know? It was during the discernment, Brother Brenham calls out one man. He says, man, I know what you're looking for. You are looking for a job. He says, you have it now. Where was that job before he came into the meeting? God created that job. There are jobs that are created by men, and there are jobs that are created by God. And I'm simply saying there are jobs that God will create, and he will provide for his children. Have faith in God this morning. Have faith in God this morning. Have faith in God this morning. Do not doubt God. Have faith in God. Yes, it does not make sense, 
but look unto him. Look unto him. He is a provider. Have you ever seen the bed worrying about what they're going to eat next tomorrow? They just know there must be a meal for us out there. We don't know when it will come, how it will come, but we know. It's there. Tomorrow we'll eat. Hallelujah. And there's never been even one bed that ever slept on an empty stomach. And that bed has got no soul. That bed was not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That bed has not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That bed has not received the prophet. How much more about a believer in the end time who believed in the prophet? God will take care of your needs. I want your faith muscles to be developed. Are we together? The brother knows that every time he tells me about something, me, I hate banks. I hate banks. They think that they are gods. But there is a God that is bigger than a bank. But I know you are feeling uncomfortable because you think that, goodness, if the bank says no, that's it. Hey, there is a God who is bigger than a bank. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the beginning was not the bank, was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word was made flesh. And when the word was made flesh, it says, all things are possible. Yeah. Are you here, church? Yeah. But you, Absa has become your God. Ned Bank has become your God. Amen. Are you still with me? You get what you expect. You get what you expect. And you say, why, Brother Madiba, are you preaching like that? Things are going to be tough. But I'm not here to say fasten your belt. I'm here to say, have faith in God. The world must fasten their belt. Right now, we've got no belt to fasten. But we've got faith that is anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm here to build your faith. Are there any Zimbabwean brothers that are here? You know, when the Zimbabwean economy collapsed, some, some people's faith developed, and some became crooks. You, you know, hallelujah. brothers became crooks because the economy collapsed. They entered into deals that were unethical. But others, they rose above. Amen. And as time goes by, make sure you have a Zimbabwean friend. Amen. They've been through the West and they are still standing. But in this country, I mean, a person at McDonald's, they just say, 
the machine to swap a cart is not working. The way they are so angry. <laughs> are you angry that you couldn't swap your cart? You were looking for Big Mac. Is it Big Mac? What happens when there is no Big Mac? Ask yourself, great men that are grounded and are successful, their character was developed through hardships. I, I sometimes, and you young ones, I sometimes when you look at brothers that are in this church where some are engineers, some are doctors, it's easy, he's a doctor. Go and check how he was raised. Check what he has been through. Hallelujah. So what makes him grounded? He knows where he comes from. He knows what he has experienced. And he says, it is by the grace of God. And I keep on believing in God. So if you are here, don't just look and say, they are having it easy. No, everyone has asked in the message. Everyone was at some point in time had their characters to be developed. And it was not easy. That's why you see us, we can take the devil head on. Because there were somewhere at the backside of the desert where God developed us. And it was not easy. It was tough. Amen. A blessing doesn't fall on your lap. God develops your character before he allows a blessing to come down. Amen. It says... When people expect anything, well, they usually get what you, what you look for. It's the mental attitude that we have, that you have. Let's expound on this mental attitude. A mental attitude, and we often use the example where a slave was sold during the transatlantic slavery. An African slave was sold in the U.S., and when they were working with the rest of the slaves, these other slaves, he looked very well groomed. He, had, he, 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 he was cultured differently. Until such time when a man came to buy and says, I need that one. And he says, no, that one is not for sale. He says, why? Is he a special person? He says, no. Do you feed him better? He says, no. He says, but why is he looking different? He says, no, I've gone to make a research. Where he comes from, back in Africa, where he comes from, he comes from a royal family. His father is a king. So although he is in slavery, he still conducts himself like a son of a king. Why? Because he's got a right mental attitude of royalty. Even in the midst of slavery, he can walk like a king. And I'm thinking about these people whose father is a king from heaven. Although they are on this well, how they walk how they conducted themselves. They show a certain demeanor that you cannot find from the rest of the people because they've got a mental attitude. We are the children of the Most High God. If you knew who your father, that your father was a king, how would you walk? How would you speak? Hallelujah. And this God that we have. And let me tell you something. When you know whose son or daughter you are, sometimes you behave like a spoiled brat. Which is not bad. You are just exercising your privileges. I, I mean, if I'm working for a company and the company belongs to my father, and an HR manager comes and says, we are going to have a uniform, 
I will definitely pick a different one. It may look like the rest of them in terms of color, but it must have a different color. So that people must ask and say, hey, why is this color different? No, he's the son of the owner of the company. It is my privilege. Same with you this morning, folks. We are the children of the most high God. And certain things we demand them not because we are spoiled bread, but it's because it's our God-given privileges. I need that because it is mine. He told me it's mine, so I must have it. When a believer knows who, who he serves, he behaves differently. You remember that, that man who was told that your child is going to die. And they put the boy and plucked machines on the boy. And as he was there, the, boy was, the father was busy pacing up and down in the room. My son is going to be well. And the nurse says, excuse me, sir. Maybe you don't understand. Based on what we see on the screen, the interpretation is that your son is getting worse and worse. And the, 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 that man, the father, looked at the nurse and said, My daughter, you have been trained to interpret this instrument. But I have been told by the man of God, who is higher than an instrument. He's an instrument from eternity. And this is my golden moment. My son is going to be well. Guess what? The condition of the boy deteriorated. But the, the father was not shaken. He knew that he that told me is faithful. Before they knew it, the boy improved and was taken out of the hospital. And I'm saying that same God has preached messages to you. And say, if you recognize and accept his gift, it will be a golden era for you. Amen. I think we were sharing with the brothers last week. You know, Joseph, whatever he touched, tends to gold. <laughs> Hallelujah. When he was there with the brethren, you know, he had a dream. And he says, in the dream, I saw... He spoke about, he was speaking about the sun, just, I'm just, it's not in my nose. And he was speaking about how the, the, the brethren will bow before him. And he was sharing about the dream until they said, no, 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 no. This man makes himself better. We need to get rid of him. And they took him, got rid of him. But I can tell you, my brother, every, the footsteps of the rushers, are ordered by the Lord. It looked bad when they sold him, but it was still go part of God's divine plan. When, then, when they thought they were done with him, years later, they met him again. He was the second in charge in Egypt. Hallelujah. People can look at you and say you are nothing, but when you believe this message, your footsteps are ordered by the almighty God. They will look at you and think you are finished. But years later they say, is he still around? Yes, he's still around. Why? He worshipped the God that is not made out of a running material. Are you still with me? Brother Branham says, it's the right mental attitude that you have. Remember, have you ever seen that kids, especially toddlers, they've got no, they've, they are not sensitive to your budget cycle? 
They want it and want it now. And mine, my, my, my two boys have now get accustomed to that. It's not month end. Before I could teach them that it's not month end, to them every day was month end. As long as they see me, they see a month end. <laughs> if daddy is around, daddy can do it. Daddy can, a, a child like faith. You are a child, you are a toddler. Believes that you can really, any man, you can sort them out. Hallelujah. He can even tell his friends, my dad will sort him out. Even though you are this petite man and you are faced with a giant, your child doesn't care. As long as you're going to come up against my dad, my dad will sort him out. That's the child. And your child, before you obviously teach them about budget and about your month end and your boss and your salary increase, he only believes that everything is possible in this house. Whatever debt wants us to have, we can have. It's only after you condition them. What, what makes a child to have that faith in a parent? That same faith that we, our children, our toddlers have in us is the same faith that you and I must have in our heavenly father. I, I know my, if I tell my father about it, this, my father will resolve it. My father is bigger than every demon. My father is bigger than every problem. My father can afford everything that I need. As long as I can get it to my father, my father will sort it out. But you know why we don't have so much faith in our Heavenly Father? It's because we are looking at ourselves and looking at our resources and our plans. And every time you look at yourself, you're going to run short. But every time you look at him, you will realize all things are possible. And that's why I say, let us believe back in God. Are you still with me? I told you about a story or a testimony where a, a, because God can push you to a level where for even for your bread, you've got to pray first. Yeah. Oh, yes, he can reduce you. You, you can be, have an empire, but in a, in a split of second, God can reduce you to a point where you've got to kneel down and say, God, where will I get bread today? And this woman kept on praying. It was in her room. It was in the flesh. She kept on praying, God, I need 200 rents. I need 200 rents. She kept on praying the whole day. The whole day she kept on praying. Until a man that stays in the top floor. I think she was on the second. The man was on the last floor. The man came and she had a knock, this sister. And as the woman opened, this man said, listen, here's your 200. Stop. Tell your God to stop bothering me. Close the door and left. So that means as the woman was praying, God transmitted the message to that man and said, this 200 is not yours. It may not be, it may be in your pocket, but it's not yours. It is needed downstairs. Go down, take it downstairs until he had to go and take it down. We are worshiping a God that can provide and whatever you need, it's out there and God can send a message and say, get it to my son. 
get it to my daughter. But what must a daughter do? Have faith in God. Are we together? Amen. Brother Monsi, the right mental attitude towards any promise of God will bring it to pass. A right mental attitude towards any promise of God. It doesn't just take gifts of healing to heal the sick. Any person in here has a right to meet Satan anywhere if you are a Christian and defeat him on any ground that he could stand on. I want that to sing it. Any person from the pastor down to the laity, any person in here has a right to meet Satan. Not only in church, anywhere. Anywhere. In every sphere of your life, if you meet Satan there, you have a right to defeat the devil on whatever grounds that is stand on. And I am saying this morning, on which grounds in your life has the devil taken possession? Maybe you need to rise up and develop the right mental attitude and say, devil, I've been living below my God-given privileges. But now I realize my rights. And you need to step a little backwards and get off my property because now I'm possessing back my property. Are you together, folks? What does the promise say? Thy seed shall possess the gates of thy enemies. It was, a, it was a promise that was given to Rebecca and say, you, Rebecca, be thou the mother of millions, of thousands and millions, and let thy seed possess the gates of thy enemies. And we saw great men rising in the Bible, men like Gideon. And the reason they fought battle and overcame battle is because that anointing upon that prophecy was behind their lives. And this morning, that same anointing is behind your life. Wherever you go, you must possess the gates of thy enemies. And I am saying as we move and this world degenerates and comes into a state of chaos, we must never begin to behave like victims. No, say, we were there before Lucifer was dead. We will be there when Lucifer is done away. So we cannot be victims in any way because we've got the word and heaven and earth shall pass away, but his way shall never pass away. What does it mean? It means we need to go into the enemy's camp and possess the gates of our enemies and take no for an answer because we know our true identity. You cannot be a worshiper under such a great ministry in the end time and be a victim. When the people recognized the gift of God, did we recognize it? Yes, Yes, there was a Kentuckian man, a prophet that came and declared the revealed word of the hour. We accepted him. We accepted his gift. Some of us, we never even met him. Some of us, we never shook his hand. But based on the report, we believe that this was a man of God. We accepted him and blessed are those that believe without seeing. And you are those people. And as a result, when you accept that gift, it becomes a golden era. 
What does it mean by golden era? It means every, during the time of Solomon, all enemies were defeated. It means during that time, no one had the bravery to wage war against Israel because there was a gift in the land and they recognized the gift. And I am saying today, there is no demon that has a right to come against the bride of Jesus Christ because the bride has recognized the gift of God in the end time and she is during the golden era. When your life is lined up with the word of God, the devil has got to think many a time before he takes you on. Some of you, the devil avoids you. He avoids you. He even warns other demons. That woman, that man, be careful. Be careful. You will suffer defeat. Amen. And you are those people. Brother Brenham says, in the message the unpardonable sin, paragraph 102, I've been through depression, which means a recession in the, in the modern era. Hallelujah. Depression during that time, you know there was a time where the government will ration food. Those that are old timers would know there was a time where there would be in America, during that time, there will be a, 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 a horse drawn wagon that would deliver milk between six or five, between five and six in the morning, because things were tough during that time. Brother Brenham says, and you remember Brother Brenham, around 1933, that's when it was a depression, the Great Depression. That started in 1929. At nine, around 1933, it was at peak where men were out of jobs. Hallelujah. But isn't it amazing that during that time of the Great Depression is exactly the same year that Brother Brenham built the Brenham Tabernacle? Why didn't he look around and say, hey, the economy is bad? Right there, that's when Brenham Tabernacle was built. I'm just showing you the level of faith that your prophet had despite how challenging it was during his time. He says, I've been through prosperity. I've seen it all together. But I wouldn't lose the hand of Jesus Christ for all the money and the wealth that you could pile on the face of this earth and everything else. He is my friend when I'm broke. He is my friend when I've got plenty. I love him when I'm hungry. I love him when I'm filled. I love him when I'm in sorrow. I love him when I'm happy. I love him because I love him because he first loved me. God doesn't care about your economic status. He loves you anyhow. Amen. Brother Branham says here, 
in the message, the infallible proof of the resurrection. He says, who was it during the time of the depression when you had no flour in the barrel and the kiddies were needy and some kind-hearted neighbor came and gave you something to eat? You thanked him. You should because it was Christ waking in a man. You didn't realize it. So what does it mean? God will put people strategically in your life to help you. Some will be believers, some will be unbelievers, but all things will work for good in your life. Are we together? Are you not amazed, some of you, when you are at a workplace, for some reason, well, they, during restructuring, they, must, they just happen to be someone in a senior role that comes and begins to be very friendly to you. And even tell you things before even other workers know about them. And says, this is what they are planning to do, but I have seen your name is not part of it because it was justified. You will not be affected. And some of them even made a commitment that I will make sure you are not going anywhere. And some of them will even say, if you go, I go. Because I can't work without you. It is not your boss loving you. It's because God has now begun to use that man to protect you. And don't come around and start worshipping that man and say he's doing you a favor. No, sir. Every person that had to give you a favor, it was not them. It was the almighty God that put them there to give you a favor. If you want something and they say, it has been declined. But somebody comes and says, I saw it was declined, but don't worry, I'm working on it. You must not say to the person, no, I thank you and you will see. No, you must say, oh God. It's you again. It's you again moving. And this God will operate in a very simple form, folks. Brother Branham was on a hunting trip. He, he's with the brothers. They are looking in the water. They were fishing. Brother Branham says to the men, do you want to see God in simplicity? The brother said, yes, because when you used to work with Brother Branham, you knew that his life was supernaturally oriented. He said, yes, Brother Branham. All of a sudden, there was a bee that dropped onto the water. And this bee was struggling on the water. Going showing that it was losing its strength. And Brother Roman says, watch what God will do. All of a sudden, there was a, a, a very gentle wind that blew off a leaf of the tree, and the leaf went down and came next to, landed next to the bee. And the bee got on top of the leaf and was dried up, and it flew away. I am saying that same God that can save a bee is here to save his daughters as long as you can have faith in God. Are you here, folks? What about that animal that was sick? And it moved, Brother Bram said, it went past four houses and came to my house, which was the fifth house. The animal understood the number of grace. And say there is a prophet on the land. And it got to the prophet. And the prophet prayed for the animal. And 
And the brother, brother said, stood up. It walked a little bit. It looked at me as it was to say, thank you, God. And it moved away. When you recognize the gift of God and accept it, it becomes a golden age. It was a golden age to that animal. It was a golden age to that bee. It can be a golden age to you. It can be a golden age to you. If you can just make your doubts to evaporate. Are we together? Was it that dog that came to brother? Is it a dog? That he posed them, it was something. Hallelujah. You remember, brother Brennan, even about that animal, because that animal was there by his house for several months, uh, for several days. Brother Brennan was sitting with brothers, and they were reading about a story of a, man, of a young girl that had given birth and thrown the baby into the ditch. And brother Brennan was saying, How can a mother? Be like this. The Holy Spirit rather said, but there is another mother in your house who's sick as an animal. Go and pray over that animal. And the animal received the divine healing. Because it recognized why every time people came on the podium, Brother Brenham unashamedly will say, do you accept me as God's prophet? Why did he keep on saying that? Because if you accept it, it becomes a golden age to you. But Brother Bum says when you reject it, it becomes chaos. And I'm putting a challenge. It's not a threat, a challenge. All those people that have left the message, watch their families. Watch their families. Watch their kids. Some are divorced. Some are in the middle of divorce. Some their children have gone haywire. Because when you reject it, it becomes a chaos in your environment. But when you accept it, it becomes a golden era. I want to wrap up by rereading the same quotation. The Queen of the South, when a gift is given to the church and the church refuses to hear that gift, then the gift becomes of none effect. But when the gift is given to the church and the church receives it, then it's a golden age for that church. Israel was living in its golden age under Solomon. And all Israel glorified God because of this marvelous gift. It was perfectly operating. They could see the result that it wasn't something that was just a put on. It was a real gift from God. How do you judge a gift from God? It must line up with the scriptures. Brother Bram said it must be in the right season. It must be according to God's weight. It must be to fulfill God's will. If it does not do either of those things, it is not from God, no matter how pleasant it may sound. But if it comes from God and it ticks all those boxes and you accept it, your life will never be the same. It will be a golden age in your family. God will come and fix things that you never thought could be fixed. 
There's a woman that I was with, with the pastor where I was visiting, and she came with a stack of documents, put them on the pastor's table, and he had highlighters and said, Pastor, this is how much I owed. This is how much I was in debt. But during the convention, they said, if whatever you need, stand to our feet and write it in your book. And I wrote, I said, God, write off my debt. I'm here to confirm, here's the letter from the bank. They have written all my debts off. Signed, stamped. I know you won't clap because you think the the bank is bigger than God. I'm giving you a picture where God is bigger than the bank. Signed by the bank manager and say, you owe no cent. And so you are saying, I'm not a message believer. But I said, if God can do this to me, then it will prove that this message is the truth. As a result, my family and I want to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What happened? They accepted the gift of God and it became a golden age in their family. Bless you richly as we stand up. Friday, nine o'clock, we are starting. Amen. We've got some fireballs lined up. Some fireballs lined up. To shake the building a little bit. Hallelujah. Men of God are ready to take you to another, a greater height. Come expecting, it will definitely be a blessing. Amen. If you've got needs during around that time, speak to the elders. They are here to serve you, you are their bosses. Hallelujah. We are here to serve you, not for you to serve us. Hallelujah. You must know your privileges and go to them and say, this is what I will need during the convention. Uh, They will tell you if it's possible, they will tell you it's possible. But if it's impossible, they've got the backbone to say, ah, this one, you are taking a chance. Hallelujah. And sometimes you must remember, I normally judge whether I pastor a person, not when we, we are having a good time. As a pastor, you must check if a person has got the ability to swallow no from you and still be happy, you must know I am this person's pastor. Because some of them just say, hey, Pastor Marie was my pastor, when everything is going well. But when the pastor says no, it changes. But if a pastor has got a big bone, he must be able to say, I, Lakona, Ata. And you become sulky, he prays over you. Amen. He doesn't say no because he doesn't love you. He says no because he protects you. How many of you parents have ever said no to your kids? And they ran into their rooms, banged the door, and you were never shaken. You said, It is for the best still young, but as she grows up, she will know it was for the best. 
because you are a parent, you have been down that road. That's why you can make those decisions. God bless you richly. Come up with. Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking about you. Me and Brother Mpanyan. We want to confess. I see your neighbors. They say, he was saying, you've got a, a way to bring all those good old songs to life. Amen. You heard us dancing there in the, in the office. That's what we were talking about. God bless you. Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King, His royal blood now flows through my veins. How many children of the King and the building? hands to our king. Say it like you mean it. Say it because you believe it. Now can see. I'm the child of the king.
redeemed. The king redeems his I own. I the price. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus has changed my
I've wasted many precious years. But Lord, now I'm coming home. That's why I need this close walk with you. The paths of sin too long I've trod. But Lord, now I'm coming home. Have you ever seen a human being that is done with a devil? A human being that is angry and say, devil, I give you a notice, I'm done. They begin to be like a prodigal son and say, I'm going home because at home there is a golden age. Because there is a gift of God operating in my father's house. And the father is more than willing to accept you back into the fold. And he will give you a ring which symbolizes eternity and have a feast for you. And forgive your sins, justifies you, and baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Have one that far away.
Lord our God and our great eternal Father. Yes, dear. Lord, we so thankful for your grace and your mercy that's upon yes, us, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the ministry that's gone forth, Lord. Just to show us, Lord, how much grace is upon us, oh Lord God. Lord, that your mercy, your message, Lord, that you sent from the throne of grace. Malachi 4, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord, that we have received it, oh Lord God. Hallelujah. We're so grateful, Lord, that we can see the life, Lord, living through us, Lord, that was flowed from that ministry, Lord God. And we're so grateful, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord, that you are the Jehovah Jireh, Lord. Lord, that you are the one that will provide, oh Lord God. Yes. As you provided for Abraham, Lord, when he was a do that terrible thing to his son, Lord. You provided that lamb, oh Lord God. And so many instances in the Bible, Lord, we can see, Lord, where you provided, oh Lord God. And oh Lord God, my heart turns to our families, oh Lord God. Yes. Oh Lord, that you may be the Jehovah Jireh to them, Lord. So Lord, I think of just myself and Winnie's family, Lord, just looking through them, Lord, our cousins and our aunties and our uncles and mm. nephews, oh Lord. Oh Lord God, the devil has really got a hold of them, oh God. Mm. Oh Lord, some in sin, Lord, drugs, locked up in jail, Lord, mm. sinning and doing things that are completely wrong, Lord. Mm. I just pray, Lord God, that, that Jehovah Jireh, so Lord, dear, your God. this ministry, Lord, yes. they've heard this message, oh Lord. We've spoken to them, oh Lord, but they just, but Lord, we don't want to judge them, Lord God. Mm. But we know, Lord, that you are the Jehovah Jireh, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you, you may visit them, Lord, Let it with this so ministry, Lord, and with this um, anointing on this church this today, Lord. Mm. All of us, oh Lord, we may pray for our families, Lord. Yes. Lord, as we see the country, Lord, we see the world going down, Set Lord them. God. Lord, our families are so important, oh Lord. We need them, oh Lord God. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you may bless every one of them, Lord. Visit them, oh Lord, in some way, oh God. And we thank you for your servant this morning, Lord. Lord, as he set himself aside, Lord, we just see, Lord, as I was talking to someone, Lord, because of our brother has stood firmly upon the word regarding nothing, just standing for what is right, putting away all what is wrong. We can see, Lord, Lord that you are talking, our Lord. You're using him, our Lord God. And you're lining us up, Lord, for that great day, Lord. And we're so thankful for it, our Lord. We're glad to be under this ministry, Lord. And we will, Lord, pray for him, our Lord. We pray, Lord, that you may go with us further, Lord. Every one of us, Lord, that we may, you may be the after speaker, that we may go home today, Lord, and just realize, Lord, that this message is our refuge, Lord. This message is our salvation, our Lord. Let us not say anything wrong about our, our prophet, our Lord. Yes. Let us just stand behind him, our Lord. And anybody that says something, just walk away, our Lord, and just say, Lord, help them, our Lord God. Be with us further, Lord. Thou will be done, Lord. And we... In your wonderful name, amen. 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 God bless you richly. Uh, as they have announced on, Sunday, on Wednesday, uh, we are not here. We are back on Friday. Hallelujah. Uh, so, what's the plan for Wednesday? Hallelujah. There is a plan. Amen. He has very clear. Amen. Where's my head's very
going to write? If you don't, then you can just download again from the internet and listen to the message and come to this right on the spot where I am on the tape and hear it. Uh, it's my request as a pastor on Wednesday around the same time that we normally have a service. I want you as families, you as individuals, around that time, six o'clock, make it actually between seven and eight. Seven and eight, let's all listen to this message. It's one hour, 34 minutes. One hour, 34 minutes. That is a paradox. Paradox preached in Phoenix. The date is the 17th of January, 1965. <coughs> Hallelujah. Will we do that? Okay. Yes. Wednesday. Don't just drive around, room around in town. Amen. I won't say I won't do it. I won't, because this day is illegal to do an expected visit. Amen. But if you are a kid, they said we must listen to the message. Mommy, they said we must listen to the message. Uh, but if maybe somebody said, ah, that is not for us. Amen. It's, it's up to the family. But as the pastor say, let's listen to that message, not as individuals. The wife must not say to the husband, while we were at work, I listened. Or the husband said, when I was at work, I listened. No, together. Uh, are we to, will, we be, will it be done, brethren? Amen. And those that don't know where they can get the message, brothers Mandra and brothers Gusu, you'll help me. You can, you can actually get it before you go home. On a memory stick. Amen. And then, I don't know in the library, but we'll see. Amen. Will it be done, brethren? Then I will say, if we have done that, we are prepared for the convention. God bless you richly. Uh, there's an army rising. Is it still rising? To break every chain. Amen. A paradox preaching Phoenix. I said the date is. Seventeenth January nineteen sixty-five. Amen. Maybe to give you a cue, it's just a few days before my son's birthday. So if you forgot the date, just say his son's birthday. Amen. God bless you. It's not, there's much that can come out of that, folks. You get what you expect. To some, it may sound ridiculous. Why? Me, I was busy with seals. Where's the pastor say paradox? Just, just obedience is better than sacrifice. Do it and later, let's see the results. 
Um, there's no harm in doing it, but this church, around that time, in our homes, will be playing that tape. God bless you. There is power in the name of Jesus. How many believe there is power in the name of Jesus? There is power How many witnesses are heavy that there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, every chain. There is power in the name. There is power in the name. To break every chain, every chain, to break every chain, there's an army, Christ and Christ.
Hallelujah. Jehovah is your name. What a mighty warrior. Jehovah. How many believe that? Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Is your name. Jehovah is your name. You are a Yeah. 